Welcome to Geek Squash, where nostalgia finds a giant hairy beast and spits out a podcast about 80s and 90s nerd culture. This week, we're covering a game that defined a genre and still is considered the best of its kind, Street Fighter II, The World Warrior. My name is Caleb McAllister, and I'm dealing the chip damage this week. Stop blocking me. Let me introduce you to the other World Warriors I've got with me. I'm going to ask them the question, who is your favorite? character from street fighter 2 from the land of legal weed it's brandon kramer what's up brandon you messed it up dude it's from from the land of legal weed (laughs) um you just did it for me exactly um i'm gonna go with uh i used chun li probably the most i think it's the only character i knew i could figure out two special moves for i could do her upside down spinning kick thing and i could do her like real quick click thing Yes. But one of Spinning those, you just had to hit the X button a lot. So <laughs> super easy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, what about it? Okay, so we're traveling to the region of Dueling Banjos. Up next, it's Alex Hirsch. What's up, Alex? What is happening? Holy shit. It's the Street Fighter episode. You guys, let's get crazy. <laughs> yep. I'm amped. Uh, you want to know my favorite character? Yes. It's obvious, please. I think. It should be. It's Zangief, man. Zangief. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that... Like, so he wrestles bears. USSR, right? Yeah, yeah. like my that original my my OG favorite character would have been Ryu because I was like five or something when I played of this course. game originally, and that was like that's the guy, you know. But um, I reinstalled Street Fighter. Oh, all right, sorry, I installed Street Fighter Two on my ancient like Pentium whatever the fuck machine uh, at some <laughs> point when I was a teenager. I had a really I had a super aged computer at the time. Um, and I had, like, this PC edition, or maybe I was emulating I don't really remember, but um, I don't even think I was capable of emulating Super Nintendo at the time. But So I dropped Street Fighter 2 in there. Buddy and I played head-to-head, uh, keyboard on keyboard, you know. Great time. And we just had, like, the best time using Zangief and using his Lariat attack. Just spinning about. And to this day, that is, like, my favorite thing in the whole world. I love him so much. <laughs> that big, nasty Russian man. Hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, he, he wrestled bears in the in the game, or that was his backstory. That's how he practiced his yeah. wrestling. Yeah, so he trained. He trained wrestling bears. He'd jump in the air with them and pile trivia. drive them. I'll, I'll jump into some trivia right away. Yeah. His original name in the spec uh, design was Vodka. Oh, what was the last name? It was something super generically Drunkinsky. <laughs> I was going to say also yeah. Vodka Drunkinsky. <laughs> kind of, pretty much. Uh, the The original uh, design specs for these characters was extremely racist. In fact, in a lot of cases, they didn't even mention their names. They just called them Indian or mm, uh, awesome. Man Beast. Wow. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Man, it's I a little that. crazy. But I mean, hey, it's working documents, so you gotta describe them somehow. Right. 
I guess. Uh, and last but not least, from right next to me, the most hipstery of locales is Jamie McAllister. What's up, Jamie? What's up? How you doing? I it's all good. <laughs> hey. Did she just turn into a '90s commercial? I think so. <laughs> Extreme. Yep, that's me. Um, hi. Do I? You want Who's my your favorite, favorite character? character? I thought we were gonna ask it again. No. <sighs> but D just did, so I win. Um, <laughs> As usual. <laughs> I probably played Chung Lee the most, and yeah. being a chick, like she was always the super popular, easy go-to. Uh, but I really like Vega. I was always a big Vega fan, like the big Ooh, claws yeah. and the like, very classic, mm-hmm. pretty mask thing going. And mm-hmm. why are you making that? No, no, I, vein? I, no wonder you like the vein one face <laughs> at me. <laughs> no, I was just, I, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago because we were talking about this topic, me and you, and we were, and I think Alex and I as well were wondering, like, how does one walk around with those giant black cuffs with spikes on them on them without stabbing themselves in the thighs all the time like that's what are we talking I about would Chun-Li? Do. yeah 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 she's got the the giant black cuffs dude chicks are slaves to fashion we figure that out like she has got a whole <laughs> new gait her arm muscles are repositioned now in a way that they just hover she's like, so that her spikes don't hit her thighs she's like, like a welsh longbowman like it's exactly. actually deformed her skeletal structure <laughs> yeah she has to walk through doors sideways exactly all the time. <laughs> but it's well practiced a yeah. well-oiled machine for her Trust she me. has like one of the the best thighs of all women in video game history. Yeah. I'll agree, I'll agree and booty for that matter. Mm-hmm. She yeah. had the booty. Although Cammy is still the right answer there, but that's I mean, true. Cammy yeah. is yes. We had this discussion privately about a week ago where we all decided that Cammy was the hottest Street Fighter. Yeah. Really? I Female wanted to answer Cammy as my favorite for all the wrong reasons, but I went against it. <laughs> but thanks for giving me a reason. That's too. just Brandon's type, <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, last but not least, me, my favorite as a child was Chun-Li. Uh, I have a, a story where I was about nine. I went to the arcade, nine or ten, went to the arcade. My dad gave me 50 cents. Actually, it was at Pizza Parlor. It was Pietro's for Jamie. She knows where that's at. <clears throat> and uh, I went in, and about 15 minutes later, my dad came up, and I was still playing on the same quarters, and he was like, what's going on? And there was a, a slight crowd and he was oh. watching me beat like these 12 year old kids or 15 year old kids playing Chun-Li. So that was my favorite as a kid. But like now uh, I'm all about the weird characters. So like E Honda would probably be, or Blanca. Blanca's Any, dope. Yeah. Blanca's pretty dope. Can I also um, say something really, sure. just as, a, as an interjection, I feel like, if we're, so if we're going to talk about the hottest Street Fighter characters for just a hot second, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely Cammy in this in this era, right? Like, there's really, really there's I, like I feel like that's that's where I lie. Hmm. But can we talk about Laura Matsuda from Street Fighter Five? I'm not super oh. familiar with that. Yeah, character. give that. Give oh, it. you know, because Street Fighter Five is I'm I'm out of the game on that. Yeah, I kind of am too. Um, A lot of people are apparently. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, hey guys! Snap. Hey guys! Hey now! Yeah, spoiler alert! Um, Laura Matsuda, the only thing that ever came out of Brazil, I was happy about. I mean, Sorry, oh wow! I'm Googling, yeah. searching right now. Ooh. This is Caleb's type right up here. Uh, Hi. Whoa. Hello. She does not um, like vegetables, guys. Though, just to let you know, listening she right vegetables. now. You need to Google Street Fighter Five Laura. <laughs> oh my god! And, uh, treat yourself, ladies. Treat yourself. Also treat yourself. Just don't try to compare yourself because that's yeah, is ladies. Also, if you're not, if you listen, if you're not, if you're what? not into, I don't look like that. <laughs> Ladies, if you're not into appreciating women, you can always look up uh, Street Fighter V's bearded Ryu. I gotta say, that's that's a, that's a lot. Oh, he's of man a good-looking man. That's a lot of man. That's right. Mm-hmm. Bearded. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, 
can we just make this take... a lo- can we just make this like a love fan cast? <laughs> no, no, we're not shipping any of these characters. Shit. Okay. All right, guys, we'll be right back while uh, Jamie checks out this man meat. Wow. We'll see you in about five minutes, seconds. Well, I'm not going home. I'm gonna get on my boat, and I'm going up river, and I'm going to kick that son of a bitch bison's ass so hard that the next bison wannabe is gonna feel it. Now, who wants to go home, and who wants to go with me? All right, guys, and we're back. Now, before we go any further, let's go into the Wayback Machine and turn the flux capacitor back to 1991. Uh, that's when me, Brandon, and Jamie were both, or all three of us, eight years old. Uh, Alex was four. Yeah, uh, that was great. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't even, man, that's crazy. Super Nintendo had just come out that year in 1991, which, man, it seems, it doesn't seem long enough. At the same time, it it seems like it's too late and too early. It's kind of weird. Mm. That gave the NES a uh, four years on North American Shores before the Super Nintendo popped out. That is so fast. Like, it, it was out in Japan two years before in 85, but, uh, yeah, it was that thing was here for four years before the Super Nintendo dropped, which is fucking crazy. That's insane. I mean, they still made, like, NES games still came out for a while, but, yeah, to, to imagine everyone thinks of, like, Nintendo as that box. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And that's really weird because it wasn't it wasn't the system for the longest time over here, huh? Yeah, the Super Nintendo has a much longer lifespan. It's kind of crazy. Um, the Michelle doll, which is a toy spinoff from Full House, came out. Oh, what? Yeah, what? I, when I saw that, I was that? totally creeped out. What? Uh, Ro- Nobody yeah. wants that. Rodney King was arrested and and the beating was caught on tape and all that happened. Good times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Billboard's top song of the year was. Brian Adams classic, everything I do, I do I for do you. Oh, From cool. the Prince, Robin Hood, no. Prince of Thieves soundtrack. Oh yeah. I, I like can guarantee that my little sister was conceived of that song. <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about how good Robin Hood was? Oh man, I love that movie. Yeah, we, that movie. I don't. I don't know. I haven't seen it in literally probably twenty years. So I'd love to really? see it again. Really? I don't think I've seen it all the way through. Not that first. Oh, it's, so it's a darker good. Robin Hood tale. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know it's supposed to be really good. Yeah, we oh, can watch that, and then Men in Tights when you know one yeah. after the other. Exactly. That definitely lifts you back up, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're a unicorn chaser. <laughs> All right, so God damn it, I love Kevin Costner. <laughs> good, yeah. Kevin Costner, Christian Slater. That movie was. It's a good. Packed. It's a big cast. Yeah, Brian Adams. I mean, it's yeah. got the whole pack. Who's the? How can I get white guys? I can't think of his name now. The guy who played the sheriff, he passed away this year. Yeah, Hans Gruber. Yeah. Um, What's his name? Sna- Alan Rickman. I, Professor Snape. Alan Rickman. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's man. not his real yeah. name. His name is Alan Rickman. <laughs> no, he was really What's Professor his name? Snape. It's definitely Snape. 100%. I can't think of his real name. <laughs> Professor Snape. That's yeah. awesome. All right. So before we can talk about Street Fighter 2, we have to talk about Street Fighter 1. And I don't think the game deserves a full episode nah. to, to itself because this game is far more important. But we have to set the table. So the original Street Fighter game debuted in arcades in 1987. So I was only five years old, as well as the other two members. And then Alex was. Were you Were you born that year? So I, was you, born you know, I was born in December of '87. So. Okay, so yeah, you were probably born in this game. It you came out. Um, it was developed by Capcom as well as the entire series, 
and designed by Takeshi uh, Nishiyama and Hiroshi Matsumoto. Um, they might sound familiar uh, as the player controls uh, martial artist Ryu. Or sorry, the game might sound familiar because uh, you you control a character named Ryu, much like a Street Fighter Two and all the Street Fighter games. As you compete in a worldwide martial arts tournament spanning five countries and ten opponents, like the exact same premise to all the other Street Fighters, uh, a second player can join in at any time and take control of Ryu's American rival Ken, who you guessed it wore a red gi and was blonde. Shocking, right? Uh, even at this time, their looks were extremely similar and their move sets were exactly the same. Uh, even their backgrounds were the same. Ryu is constantly being driven to be better. And Ken is out to prove he's not just a spoiled rich kid. It's actually fascinating <laughs> that these... I thought they were brothers. No. Nah. No. No, but isn't that one of the storylines? Is that... I don't... Oh, never mind. No. I thought they were brothers. No, they're not brothers. You okay. fell into the trap. I did. I mean, they have a brother-like relationship. Yeah, maybe that's sure. it. Maybe I just oh, yeah. assumed. I would, say, I would say Ken and Ryu, maybe the two best friends in video games. The two best friends. Pretty high up there. Yeah. <laughs> Best friends of anybody. Else. I'm gonna think of two better friends in video <laughs> games before we're done. Yeah, they so, can't be. They can't be related. Mario can't be, and Luigi. Can't, are related. Yeah, there you go. They can't be related. That's not fair. If they're Tails and oh. and uh, and Sonic, Banjo and yeah, Kazooie. Yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Okay, we got a thing going on here. <laughs> All right. I spoke at a turn. <laughs> All right. A little trivia here. Ryu. Is it Ryu or Ryu? Ryu. I've always been confused. I always called it Ryu. I, yeah. I called Ryu. it Ryu when I was a kid. The Japanese pronunciation would be Ryu. So Ryu Nailed it. is actually a play on Takashi Nishiyama's name as the Japanese character for, I believe, the first part of his name is the character for Ryu. Which means dragon in Japanese. There you go. Nice. Uh, the player uses the joystick, this is how you play the game, to move in eight directions, eight directional joystick, and uh, to move away or towards the opponent. And jump and crouch and defend. So holding backwards would defend you from attacks. So facing the opposite direction. I've always been under the impression this was like a side scroller, um, like Final Fight style game, but it's not. It's like a <laughs> it is not. rage. Okay, so you like you fight one opponent in a fight arena, but you can only be Ryu, unless someone Correct. else plays player two, and then you always just fight Ryu and Ken. Like Correct. Okay. Huh. Yes, that is, that is absolutely would, correct. Um, if player two won as Ken, would he continue the story as Ken, or would he take over as Ryu? That's a good question. I don't actually know the answer to that. My Ken guess would be you would be as Ken. Yeah, Ken never wins. <laughs> he has that stupid roll move. He never wins. <laughs> Nobody ever played Ken. Yeah, he's just Ryu. He's just a, he's literally. You know, we talked another episode about color swaps. Like he's literally a color swap of Ryu. Power right. Swap, yeah. Well, maybe so that's why I thought they were it brothers. Saves memory. You know, for yeah. so from a programming aspect, it's brilliant. Yeah. You can have a second player interact uh, and fight without expending any more memory, really. Yeah, on, on just like Blanca and Dalzim. No, <laughs> sorry, God damn it. no, yeah, that's not how that works. Like <laughs> Go to your room. Yeah. So by using the attack pad buttons in combination with the joystick, the player can perform a variety of attacks from a standing, jumping, and crouching positions. There's also three special techniques which can be performed by inputting a specific series of joystick and button inputs. Um, those techniques are and continue to be Psycho Fire or the Hadouken. Mm-hmm. Hadouken! Mm-hmm. Uh, Dragon Punch or the Shoryuken. <clears throat> uh, hurricane Kick or the, and I never say this right, Tatsumaki Senpu Kayuku or Tornado Whirlwind Kick. No one yeah. says that right. <clears throat> no one. And he says it so fast in the game, like I, I never knew what he was saying. I always said it wrong. Um, 
And this is the first game to actually have six buttons. for Three for punch, three for kick. Hmm. Um, light, oh, the, heavy, and So it had the joystick light, and then and the heavy. three and three. Yes. That's, which is pretty typical now. You see it, that it, a lot. It is the standard. Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's way too complicated for me. <laughs> it's about six buttons too many. <laughs> well, it's four buttons too many. That's what it really is. <laughs> uh, interesting note here. Uh, there, there are two versions of the cabinet that were made. There was the regular edition, which had the six buttons, and then there was a deluxe edition, which actually had a, uh, a what's it called, a mechatronic, mm-hmm. but two mechatronic buttons, which basically is a fancy word for pressure mm-hmm. buttons. So, if you depending on how fast you tap the button, if you tap or a long tap. Or, sorry, if it, this is not a hold. It's a. It's literally how hard you were hitting it. It would be <laughs> light, medium, and hard for both. So there are two buttons, one for kick, one for, for punch. So actually, that might be up your alley. Yeah, pressuring the button is definitely something I am familiar with. <laughs> pressuring <laughs> the button. Pressuring, yeah. Yep. Got it. Nailed <laughs> it. Someone write that down so we can Nailed talk it. about this later. <laughs> oh, God. So that seems like it'd be a lot less accurate than the six button system like a lot harder to to really gauge and do it accurately like i feel it'd be easy to do one versus the other mm-hmm. like it'd be yeah, hard I don't to think play that that'd be professionally. the pre- preferred method and that's why it's the only one that has this uh feature yeah. it was a it was an experiment i think yeah. more than anything cool um yeah and uh because see the only game that had this if you think about fighting games before street fighter that you think of Kung Fu from the Nintendo Entertainment mm-hmm. System, which actually, I believe, was designed um, by Taka- uh, Takashi Nishiyama. And that only has two buttons. It's punch and kick. And then it, it would change depending on if you were crouching or standing. Um, but, it, that, I mean, that's... There are a couple other things. Kung Fu Master, I believe, had blocking, in it, but it still only had two, two buttons, punch and kick. Mm-hmm. So this is a very, like... Uh, so we're thinking of it was revolutionary, revolutionary as yeah as far as like genre defining <laughs> yeah there you go smart smart good <laughs> gooder a good yeah gooder goodly bigly, bigly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so you as as Ryu you would fight eight con- computer controlled characters there were two from Japan uh, Retsu an expelled uh, Shirinji Kimpo instructor uh, uh, Jiki a claw wielding descendant of a ninja. <laughs> From the U.S., you had Joe, which who was an Joe. underground full contact karate champion from the, from the United States, who I believe is actually a take on a real life person, and I can't Joe something. I can't. Remember you don't think it's just name. based on GI Joe? No, it's not based on average Joe. Joe. Joe's Diner. No, there was a real um, uh, karate champion in the U.S. at the time, and I'm oh. and I'm blanking on oh. his last name. I was uh, hoping anyway. it would be the guy that they based uh, Bloodsport on. No, <laughs> Joe Lewis. Yeah, oh, I forget uh, his name. Frank Dukes. It's Joe. Yeah, I was just looking Joe Lewis is the guy he's based off of, who is a kickboxing yeah. legend. Nice. Dukes. Oh. What's his last name? Dukes. Frank Dukes. Yeah, Frank. Yeah. Uh, and then Mike, also from the U.S., a former heavyweight boxer who once killed an opponent in the ring. Oof. Sound like anyone? Perhaps Balrog, mm-hmm. if you're familiar with Street Fighter 2, mm-hmm. a.k.a. M. Bison. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, from China... We had an expert in Chinese boxing named Lee and Jen, an elderly professional killer who had developed his own assassination arts. And actually, Jen shows up uh, in, I believe, Street Fighter 3 or Alpha. It's been a while. There's yeah, a I lot. Forget, of, I forget where his debut was, but... Yeah, there's a lot of variations on these games, so it's kind of yeah. hard to tell. Uh, and then from England, we had Birdie, a tall bouncer who uses a combination of wrestling and boxing techniques. He would show up in Street Fighter Alpha. 
and Eagle, a well-dressed bodyguard of a wealthy family who uses collie sticks. Um, mm. And he shows up in Capcom vs. SNK 2. I happen to know that because I enjoyed that game. What are what are collie sticks? They're the, um, I don't know, they're probably like almost the two foot long, rounded on the end sticks. They're often used in Filipino fighting. I'm picturing uh, like a police baton. Imagine, it's, it's, it's exactly what Nightwing uses, Brandon. Oh, yes. got it. Nailed yeah. it. Yeah, it's a police baton without the, the L, you know, the perpendicular smaller portion mm-hmm. in it. Okay. Those are what, ton- tonfas, right? Like, tonfas, correct. You are correct on that. You guys are nerds. Nerds love, for fighting love, stuff. Love me some martial arts, my dude. <laughs> yeah. So after you defeat the first eight challengers, you would go on to the two bosses. That's Adon, a uh, deadly Muay Thai master, who also shows up in, in later games, yeah. and his mentor, Sagat. The reputed emperor of Mutai and the game's final opponent um, for this particular iteration of the game, or for, for Street Fighter One, that obviously changes in Street Fighter Two. Mm-hmm. Um, so after finishing Street Fighter, Nishiyama and Matsumoto left Capcom and were employed by SNK, <laughs> who and, and they developed most of their fighting game series, including Fail Fury and Art of Fighting. If you're a fan of either of those, and I believe they mm. even worked on Samurai Showdown, which to me that series is, is one of the best. Amazing. Uh, and in fact, I'm actually, I don't know about you, Alex, I think you're probably the same place as me. I'm a huge SNK fan. Like, yeah. They have these weird games. Uh, sometimes they're not successful in the fact that they're not balanced at all. There's certain characters that are just totally overpowering, but they're weird. Yep. They're so weird. Yeah, it's, it's there to... are, where Street Fighter was like your everyman's type game, Fatal Fury retained a whole lot of that just like strange ass Japanese, or not Fatal Fury, but just in general SNK games. Um, retained a lot of that weird ass sort of like Japanese um, influence that Street Fighter yeah. started to lose over the years, which is to say that like not that they're not there aren't international characters or characters from other countries, but it was just weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't uh, really describe them. They all have some weird quirk about them that is unique to that game series, and all the characters are unique to the games for the most part. Until you get into like King of Fighters and stuff like that, and then they merge. You know the yeah. two, but. Uh... I can't wait to talk about those on future episodes. That's kind of down the line because those are niche topics, but um, that'd be fun. I'm just saying. So, I'm just saying. What up with that geese though? The geese Howard. Oh yeah. Well, I like Rock <laughs> Howard. I like Rock Howard as my favorite character out of all of them. There but, you go. Uh, but geese is pretty cool too. Side note: KJ Inafune, a name we've mentioned, mm. I think like twice on this show already mm. in 22 episodes. I think we've he's been involved in so many different games. Um, he got his start in video games working at Capcom doing the 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 character portraits at the character select and like versus screens mm-hmm. in Street Fighter. Oh wow. And he went on to do most notably Mega Man, which is a Capcom product. I guess. Yes. And yeah. Caleb's favorite game of all time. Justifiably. Yeah. I was to say you a Mega Man man? I I'm more of a Mega Man X man, but Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm I'm a big Mega Man X nerd, which we will go in on into on the Mega Man X My episode. God. We do not need to yeah. do that. Caleb either. wrote fanfic. Right Shh! <laughs> Don't tell my secrets. Anyway, it's not yours to tell, Brandon. Uh, so the game was award-winning in arcades and, and very well. Very successful might be an exaggeration. It was success, very successful to the point at which it deserved a sequel in Capcom's eyes. Um, it was ported to PC Engine CD-ROM in Japan and TurboGrafx CD in North America, but there was no six-button controller for that system. So. Depending on how long you held down the punch and kick buttons, that's what punch and kick you got. Mm-hmm. Similar to the 
the pressure pads. I don't think that was probably very mm-hmm. good to play. Um, and then it was on Commodore 64, ZX Spectrum, <clears throat> Armstrad, CPC, DOS, Amiga, Atari ST, in both US and, and Europe. So. Yeah, I played Street Fighter 1, like, very little. I never, I've never, i never seen an arcade machine for it, but um, I had a Capcom, like, MS-DOS collection, which was, like, a shitload of early Mega Man games and Street Fighter and a bunch of other stuff that I bought at a, like, a Babbage's or something at one point. Um, Babbage's. And, yeah, so I played a little bit of Street Fighter 1 on DOS, but like I was saying before, it was really not until Street Fighter 2, um, which was my favorite as a child, and then later on as a teenager, I got sucked into fighting games through playing just on a whim like like three dollar purchase at a babbage's i bought this capcom collection and i was like oh shit yeah street fighter 2 let's go yeah um yeah i never played street fighter myself and i from watching some videos on it i don't think it's very good it looks um, bad I think yeah it looks real oh. bad you could spam the super moves from what i understand and literally just I mean, you just send fireballs across the screen. Screen the most. The thing I saw most people doing was the the dragon punch over and over and over mm-hmm. again across the screen, and you know, the computer just can't do anything about it. So, yeah. I think it's a flawed game. But well, let's talk about let's talk about one of maybe the best fighting games ever made, or definitely one of the most influential. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Street Fighter Two. So okay, this is 1987. The the year is successful for Street Fighter as an arcade cabinet. Capcom's like, we gotta we gotta capitalize this we got to make more money so they they took since the two leads were gone they went to snk they created a new team um and created a sequel called street fighter 89 however you wouldn't know about that game because it became final fight actually it was final fight they renamed it so Mm. if you're familiar with final fight it's a side scroller beat-em-up game not a street fighter 1v1 versus fighting game Huh. I don't know why the team did this. They thought it was a different direction to go in, and they could have slapped the name on it. But the uh, arcade owners looked at this thing and said, that's not Street Fighter. It's not going to sell as well, and we don't like it. And so they changed the name and went back to the same they team. They only changed the name? They only changed the name, so, and they still released it because they had the units. They had to, to do something with sure. it, so they just changed the name. Final Fight, would you choose between – how many people could you choose in Final Fight? Was there two or three – Guy, Cody, and Hagar. Oh, so the, Hagar. the big guy. Yes, so Hagar. were Guy and Cody essentially supposed to be Ryu and Ken? Are they essentially uh, just change their names? I don't know what the plan was because I don't know what their names were in Japanese in the Japanese versions. Yeah. I think it was changed before it even came to the U.S. Because I've never even heard of a Street Fighter '89 cabinet existing. Huh. Uh, probably because they were all brand changed over. I want to play through Final Fight. It's a great game it in its fun. own right. It's not it's <laughs> not a Street Fighter game, but it is a really good game. And also, you need to understand the, the Trials, Tribulations, lore, and other story bits that is fucking Hagar's life. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Man, it's just, he's he the mayor who beats people up. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's right. He's <laughs> the mayor of the town. It was his daughter that was stolen in the beginning of the game. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Uh, they do exist in the same universe because Cody has shown up in Street Fighter games. Yep. And oh. Guy, too, as well. The only person that hasn't, at least as a playable character that I'm aware of, and Alex, correct me if I'm wrong, is Hagar, ironically. I don't think Hagar's been in any Street Fighter games that I know of. He does share the similar moves and looks very similar to Zangief. He has the uh, the Lariat move where he spins his fists around, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for some reason people can't get out of the way and get hit by them. 
His and his uh, he's fast. very he's very much a Zangief fast. character. Like he trains by instead of wrestling bears, he wrestles bull sharks. Like <laughs> seriously, like that's his yeah, story. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's he's a Zangief character. Yeah, yeah, it's just an analog. Um, so the team that did Final Fight was they, they Capcom said, okay, well, you create something that's successful, but it's not Final, it's not Street Fighter Two. Can you please go back and create Street Fighter Two? <laughs> and they said, okay. You're paying us. We'll we'll do that. Um, and what they happen to craft is the most iconic. I would say most iconic street fighting game of the early '90s, if not the entire '90s, and maybe even all of fighting games at all. Period. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, I, if you went up to, I think just about anyone randomly on the street and asked them to name a fighting video game, they would. They would say something between Mortal Kombat and Final Fight or and Street Fighter. That, yeah, that yeah. would be it. There might be another game that sneaks in there somehow. If you talk but... to the guy with the beard that doesn't actually like meet his mustache and it's just kind of all like down here, he'll probably <laughs> tell you Mark of the Wolves. And that's right. Cool. Uh, Mark game. of the Wolves. That's me. Don't 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 call me out. Bro. And, like... and you guys are are the fighting game guys. Like that's I'll, I'll put it out there. I don't. I never got into fighting games. I casually played Street Fighter when it came like on the SNES and stuff. I never really got into Mortal Kombat at all, but Mortal Street Fighter is like a, a was initially a way better fighting game than Mortal Kombat, right? Mortal Kombat's success really was because of the controversy and stuff, right? I would say with Mortal Kombat One, like kind of, I in my opinion, I think Mortal Kombat One is actually a bad game. Um, yeah, I thought it was a bad game when it came out. I thought it was a bad game in arcades. Um, Mortal Kombat Two, however, I liked Mortal Kombat because it was edgy and gross and blood and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat Two, however, it's pretty good. Absolutely, that's a that's a great game. I think, yeah, I would say that the reason that it was successful is Mortal Kombat in particular is gore, and also the fact that it was um, kind of FMV-like, full motion video. Like, yeah. It wasn't really, but they captured real what looked like real people yeah. making the moves. In and 1992, really having that on screen is pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. It was as, <laughs> excuse me, sorry, it was as rad as seeing, uh, like, Donkey Kong Country for the first time uh, you know uh-huh. what I mean and being oh, like God. oh shit look you shouldn't be able to do this uh-huh. this is My this is real God. life is that yeah. real yeah it's real life <laughs> is this real life and it was all just a trick yep <laughs> so uh Yoshiki Okamoto was the lead of the team that developed Street Fighter 2 there were 35 to 40 people um and their only goal was to make a sequel like they didn't really have anything else they were trying to make a better game than Street Fighter 1 but you know that they had no real experience making the first game, so it was kind of from scratch, which is kind of it's kind of crazy because they use the same characters uh, Ryu and Ken, but everything else they they did from scratch, and they use the same super moves, so they have the same set. Uh, Ryu and Ken are literally the same, just again another palette swap. We'll save on memory, mm-hmm. um, and they weren't even that concerned with balance, like that. You know, balancing the game wasn't a priority. Priority it just happened to be a pretty fairly balanced fighting game. Um, the quality of animation benefited from new hardware, the advantages of which included the ability for different characters to occupy different amounts of memory. So, like, Ryu and Ken could offer could occupy, like, different amounts of, of the same memory, hmm. which allowed for more characters to be mm-hmm. playable and, and to be in the game. Right. Um, and then uh, the combo system, which is iconic to fighting games at all, and was first developed in this game and by complete accident. 
Yeah, like this is a X, fascinating X, y, story. Y, up, down, up, down, like combos like that. Yeah, the fact that those moves could actually be chained together, like the fighting, like in Street Fighter before and the other fighting games that came out around the same time to kind of copy it. Like if you hit somebody, you if you tried to hit another button and hit them again, like it wouldn't connect. Hmm. Or you oh, weren't just... you would do two separate yeah. attacks, but it wouldn't be like the, you know... The kick to the punch to the roundhouse that was all... Correct. Okay. Yeah, in the, in the beginning it was very much a, a set animation where a punch was... Which is just highly visual, but it was like you throw your punch, your character has to reset back to zero for that frame, and then you can go again. Mm-hmm. Right. When you get into really high competitive play, like frame counts and count and uh, canceling frames is a huge deal. And like people are actually looking at frame by frame, like when can I cancel X move to go into Y move? to create which is why you don't see a lot of uh, professional uh, gamers in the fighting community who are older than like 28 because, because at some of... point that muscle memory that fast twitch those fast twitch fibers <laughs> which is false <laughs> but that shit that that's shit goes my up problem that's yeah. yeah we're old now yeah, we are we're, we're not in we could never be in the competitive scene your, your glory days are gone. You've peaked. Your legacy as a professional Street Fighter player is over before it was written. This is so upsetting. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, you missed out on the career you never had. Uh, so here's a quote from uh, Norataka Funamitsu from the team. He said, while I was making a bug check during the car bonus stage... Oh, I forgot to mention, you get to beat up cars in this game. Which is yeah, awesome. you can. <laughs> it's the, the fucking coolest. <laughs> I noticed... so silly. Yeah, I noticed something strange or, and curious. I taped the sequence, and we saw that during the punch timing, it was possible to add a second hit and so on. I thought that this, this was something impossible to make useful inside of a game, as the timing balance was so hard to catch. So we decided to leave the feature as a hidden one. The most interesting thing is that this became the base for future titles. Later, we were able to make the timing more comfortable and the combo into a real feature. In Street Fighter 2, we thought if you got the perfect timing, you could hit play several hits, up to four, I think. Then we managed to place eight. A bug? Maybe. But it, I mean, this became the, the linchpin of which all of their fighting games kind of hang on, like, yeah. and, and, and even perfected, in, in my opinion, in games like Killer Instinct by Rare that came out in the late 90s. Right. I would say this is a really interesting thing to think about. Um, this paragraph kind of encapsulates, encapsulates a lot of game development in the 90s and how that shit worked. Um, if you look at a couple key points here, it's like you see in this paragraph alone, you see, first of all, a like like you said, like a linchpin um, sort of temple thing of an entire genre, a huge genre of gaming it, that is combos that was discovered at this time. So you had this innovation. Do you see that it was because of an accident? which you may understand um, through, you know, bug checking and stuff, how that might come out. Um, but to me, the most telling thing um, is that he literally taped this and went back and rewatched it. <laughs> yeah. Because, and, here, and, here's, and here's why. Not just because he used a tape, and yeah, that's so 90s, I get it. But um, there is a, there's a documentary available on the internet you can watch on several websites. Um, it's not even a documentary. It's actually a released um, training video, personnel training video from Sega from 1994. Um, and it shows sort of like a, here's what it's like to work at Sega here and how we develop these games, uh, stateside. And you see like what QA testers go through, what bug testers go through, what some of the developers are doing and how things come to be. It's like 24 minutes long. I recommend anyone who has the balls to listen to this show. Uh, I recommend you go check that out because it's fascinating. They literally, they submit things when they find bugs, they run into them again and they do it again and they do it again, which is like how modern QA works. But they... 
find the bug, they try to replicate it, they find out how they can replicate it, they record it on a tape, and they take it back to their programmers, and they're like, hey man, this is the bug, they write down on paper a log of how they did it. They give like them a, a tape. screenshot, but yeah, on but, tape. But, but you <laughs> couldn't do You're those still things. required to create oh, um, uh, QA docs that have the, the methodology of getting the bug. Right. That's still that's still modern right. day. I mean, right. Yeah, but the but what's crazy is like when you're doing all this dev kit shit, you're doing it on a essentially a PC. You can run a program, if, you know, which is probably either proprietary right. or licensed, and you just run it. Then you literally had to put a tape in, record it, take it out, label it, write down handwritten notes, walk them down the hallway, and hand them to a guy and be like, "Yo, this is what happened, and this is a game. This is a game ending bug." This is not something that you can just move on from. This will crash the game. We need to fix this right now. And then they have to write an entire new revision, which also had to be flashed out to EEPROM chips and then sent back out to everybody to, to then they have to test the new revision. This wasn't this digital platform where it's like, oh, just dial in the FTP and download it and reinstall it and it's, you have right. a new version. It's nutty. So this thing right here is fascinating to me. I love this. The other thing about it that's interesting is they tried taking the bug out and they found that the game wasn't fun. <laughs> that 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 for whatever reason the quickness that allowed for these quote unquote at the you know in the first version it wasn't really a combo it was just you could do this thing um, was satisfying in a way that not being able to do it was kind of game breaking right uh, again like falling into innovation and and, and this in a, a just genre bending thing. Happened. Like, it's just happenstance. It's crazy. These are the things that, that, that people can't explain in life, you know? Right. That's and with, what I And love. without that, much like you said, like, the game the game seemed a lot less fun. And, and I could tell you right now that without that combo system, uh, Street Fighter Two, I can imagine would feel like a very different, very unfun situation. And it would not have been the, the crazy success it is now. Yeah. All because of an accident, you know? It, yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's just, it's just life. You know, it's life is meant a, to be. a bunch of happy accidents in a way. So yep. Profound. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> much, much profound. Uh, the vast majority of the in-game music, which is also amazing, was composed yeah. by uh, Yoko Shinomura. And while she had initially had reservations about doing music for a fighting game, because um, she wasn't particularly fond of the genre, she soon came to enjoy working on it in the project and stated that while Breath of Fire, which she also did music for, was her personal favorite of the games she worked on with Capcom, uh, Street Fighter 2 was the most memorable. And um, it's ultimately the only game in the series that she worked on. And she went on to Square and worked on you know their RPGs and whatnot mm-hmm. uh, after this. So it's kind of funny. Again, it's common thread between really great games is the music. Oh, yeah. Like well, Kyle's the- theme we were talking about earlier before we, we started recording. Um, I can't even name the track, but they're all good. Like There's no bad tracks on, in this game. Yep. Um, and she's super accomplished, actually. I'm looking at some a lot of her work right here. It's, holy shit, she has an entry. Um, you guys should go check it out. Heroes of Mana, um, Final Fight, Breath of Fire, Super Mario RPG, <laughs> Legend of Mana. Um, a lot of the Mario RPG stuff, all the way through, like, Super Saga, Partners in Time, all that shit she worked on. Um, the Mana game she worked on. Reading Historia, like, damn. Damn. Yeah, she's quite accomplished. <laughs> and, and, I, you know... Sounds weird, but this is the early '90s, and we've got a female composer composing some of the best video game music. Yeah, and she was ever. young; she's 49 right now. Oh wow! wow. Holy she crap. was like right out of college. Yeah, this is like 
fresh talent. That's amazing. I wonder, I, I'm really curious to see how they got a hold of her and what she had done prior to even being hired at Capcom. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. So, you know, now we're going to get into the characters, guys. Let's go. Yeah. So we got eight playable so characters it. in the original. Uh, we already talked about Ryu and Ken a lot. They didn't change at all. But we got six new characters. We got E Honda, sumo wrestler from Japan. We got Guile. A former USAF, United States Air Force, uh, Special Forces operative, seeking to defeat the man who killed his best friend. In the pre-development paperwork, they literally said an American character so that Americans can play as him, which I think is hilarious. That's great. <laughs> because Ken's not. Right, like, Ken's not. For some reason, I don't understand. I know that he he and Ryu are like childhood friends, but I mean, like Ken is a blonde hair, like blue-eyed American dude. White boy. Yeah. Uh, Chun-Li, a Chinese martial artist who works as an Interpol officer seeking uh, to avenge her deceased father. Yep. Zangief, a pro wrestler from the USSR, which doesn't exist anymore. It's now just Russia. That curtain fell. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Dalsim, a fire-breathing yoga master from India. And then there were three final fights versus, at the time, in this edition of the game, computer control characters. Balrog an African-American boxer designed with similar appearances to Mike Tyson. And we'll get into the name thing in a second. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Vega, a Spanish uh, torero who wa- wields a claw and uses a unique style of ninjutsu. I always thought he was a bullfighter. Maybe that's the same. He can climb on fences. What the fuck? That was amazing. I loved that move. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, a torero, a torero is a bullfighter. Okay, I wasn't sure. Toro means uh, that's in Spanish. Toro. Oh, yeah, I should have known that. I, I took French, guys. Like, I'm a torero. I was mm. trying... The, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, wasting your uh, time. And then Sagat. Oh, oh Sagat. Totally. Yeah, so Sagat. Yeah, this is. It's. <laughs> it's not Bob Sagat. It's Sagat. <laughs> it's literal. It's literally Bob Sagat. Glasses and all. <laughs> right. <laughs> Somebody poked his eye out. And I would play mad. with him all day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he comes back. Um, he's not the boss of the game, but he does have a scar from the last game when he fought Ryu. Oh, is that who no, gave cool. him the scar? Yes. I thought yeah. it was Yeah, with that dragon punch, that uppercut. Yeah. I thought it was Kimmy Gibbler. <laughs> yeah. That just annoyed him to death. Right. <laughs> that just gave him uh, his, his high blood pressure and heart issues. Right. Yeah. Made him curse way more in uh, his comedy. For uh-huh. sure. And then last but not least, the, the big bad guy, M. Bison, uh, leader of the criminal organization Shadow Lou, who uses a mysterious uh-huh. power known as Psycho Power. Cycle. And the final opponent of the game. Yep. Wasn't he that, very like a red thing? Like there was very like commie, whatever on him. Oh yeah, he was very yeah, yeah he yeah. was very much dressed in red. Yeah, yeah, he's actually a ripoff of a, of a movie character from a Japanese film, and the name is blanking on me. I, it was in my research, and I just didn't write it down. But um, like literally, the cover of the film is exactly the same as some other artwork that was done for <laughs> Street Fighter Two, including like his glowing eyes and stuff. It's a lot of the characters in this game are direct correlations to kung fu movies or and other things in, in Japanese culture that we wouldn't really know of Is necessarily. It Tokyo, the last megop- megalopolis? Yes, correct. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I googled yeah. that. Don't 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 think I'm a brilliant. <laughs> That's fine. No, I, I yeah, it's one of those things that I I thought I'd remember and then didn't. Uh, so here's the weird thing, except for Sagat, which they kept the same for obvious reasons. In Japan, these characters' names are flipped. Uh, Vega is actually M. Bison. M. Bison is actually Balrog, and Balrog is Vega. 
And the reason why that is is because M. Bison is another allegory to Mike from Street Fighter and is a parody-ish, like pastiche is the word they use. Basically a veiled, you know, uh, version of Mike Tyson. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mike Tyson. So what happened was when it got to the States, Capcom's U.S. lawyers were like... I don't think that's gonna fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't I think we could get sued Mike Bison. Sounds like a lot like someone else, mm-hmm. and he looks like him too. I mean, like when you when you oh, realize yeah. that, you're like, that's Mike Tyson right there, mm-hmm. right? Um, so to avoid confusion and lawsuits, they they changed the names. They just rotated them. Which now, when you play in a tournament, they actually don't refer to them by either one of those sets of names. They call Balrog Boxer. Mm-hmm. They call Vega Claw and M. Bison is general or dictator. Sorry, no, huh? Yeah, yep. so everybody's on the same page, so no mm-hmm. one's confused. Yeah, uh, I wonder if they only swapped the names in the um, in the American release of this, uh, not just to avoid the lawsuits, obviously, but I wonder if their methodology there was like, okay, we can either come up with new names for these guys, or we already have these, uh, we already have this text and these graphics in the game. Let's just let's just swap them around. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a simple solution. For a, a potentially big problem. Right. Yeah. So. Did anybody else know that other than me coming into this? Because I was curious. I know Alex would, but I was wondering if Brandon knew. Um, I always knew that he was a Mike Tyson parody. I didn't realize the M. Bison thing was short for Mike Bison. I, I didn't know anything about that, but um, that's interesting. But I think, obviously, when you play it and you get to Balrog... You're like, oh, that's Mike Tyson. I mean, you even fight him in like Vegas, yeah. right? Vegas, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, he's he's a you know championship fighter, all that different stuff. Like, it was clear it was supposed to be Mike Tyson. They're not supposed to be, but a parody of. But I didn't know about the name changing stuff. No. Gotcha. So, um, so I mean, we could talk. I want to talk about the special moves for a second, just because this again, while they were in Street Fighter One. This expanded on the idea quite a bit. So, you know, we've got the fireball, Hadouken, Dragon Punch, and the spinning hurricane kick for Ryu and Ken, but we've got new moves that have very iconic names mm-hmm. and sounds associated with them. Um, for Ihana, we got the thousand fist hits or thousand palm hits, and then the, the sumo rush move. Other than that, he had really nothing. Is that the one where, where you fly, fly, like the big yeah, fast sumo wrestler who could fly through the air? Yeah. 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 He could like he could also like do this grappling sort of pile driver attack and yeah. I think they added that later. I don't Did think they? That, that might have been for turbo. Was that maybe for turbo? Maybe I think so. There's there's a few different versions of this game with different changes. So mm. yeah, and then we got Blanca, who's the man beast who could light himself on fire or not fire electricity like an eel, and also throw himself across the screen, similar to E Honda in like a spinning move. And depending on the the attack he used, was the speed that he would spin at. And he could also, unless this was also a Turbo Edition, he could also uh, like latch onto a character and bite the shit out of him. Yeah, that, that was, was definitely his throw. Yeah, uh, that was his yeah, throw. that was definitely that. into though for sure. And I think the move you're thinking of with E Honda was the, the pile driver was his throw because every character had a unique throw move. That must be what it is. Yeah, uh, Guile had the Sonic Boom yeah. and the Flash uh-huh. Kick. Yeah. Guile was my brother's my favorite character, so yeah, I feel like my that's... my brother was always Guile. That's so funny. Everybody liked watching him comb his, uh, his giant uh-huh. laptop. Yes, laptop so funny. Well, and I like the airfield, too. His home uh, screen or level. 
uh, with the boxes all around mm-hmm. and the which you can break during the, the fight, background too. exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, play the background and stuff. That was always a fun one. Yeah, um, yeah. And then Lockheed Martin comes and knocks on your door and is like, "Why are you fucking up all of our <laughs> all of our shit? Stop breaking our boxes." <laughs> it's funny how you guys like him because he and we all kind of have a little special place for Guile because he's literally marketed right to America. Uh huh. Yeah. See, <laughs> I gotta, see. I don't want to be that guy. I just like his theme song. I fucking hate that character so bad. I can't. I, I can't. I've never been able to really play him well, and I just, I just didn't like him. He's got like three moves that are worth doing. I mean, literally his super moves, and then that uh, the, the heavy punch up and and just normal. That's it. Right. Like everything else is garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chun Li, she's got uh, this, the thousand kicks or whatever it's called. No, 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 no. Sorry, <laughs> sound like something else for a second there, mm-hmm. uh, and then the spinning crane kick, uh huh, and which is basically like another spinning hurricane. I feel like I, hers I were the easiest to do, right? That's why I always—they're the ones I learned first. I think that's why it was always her. She's the only one yeah, I could hold down for two seconds and then push up and, and kick at the same time. And you were spinning, yeah. And the other one, you just had to tap the like medium kick and made like a bunch, right? And you would eventually start doing the yeah, yeah. Much like Blanca's uh, electricity is just rapidly pushing yeah. a button. Andy Honda's and hand case, thing, kick. like all that was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, funny enough, both of those moves—the E Honda hand slap and uh, Chun Li's kick—would not combo directly into a move. So it was actually kind of a, a smart thing. I think it's deliberate. I couldn't confirm that in any of my sources uh, with the combo system. So if you hit somebody and they were falling down and you couldn't juggle them with that. Kick or with huh. the hands, yeah, it would actually a nightmare miss. if you if you would allow that to happen. That would be a nightmare. Mm. Yeah, uh, Zangief. You know, man, I am horrible with that character. I've never understood his move sets. Is it the stri- the stretchy arm guy? No, no, no. That's, no. that's no, he's the a big wrestler. Russian man. His moves uh, incorporate a lot of full 360 degree rotations on the joystick, and therefore are impossible for normal humans, in my opinion, to do. <laughs> They're difficult, man, and I think that's why I like them so much. Um, it took me a while, so like I said, when I was younger, I initially really liked uh, Ryu, and that has a lot to do with um, my mother was born in Japan, my both of my aunts and all four of my cousins lived in Japan for like 13 years, so I was like super into this stuff when I was a kid. I was like, oh yeah, Japanese people, and, and, and you know, his level was cool, and I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Uh, and then as a teenager, I discovered Zangief, and uh, boy, just when you, can, when you can execute those moves, you feel like a monster. And he does a massive amount of damage compared to the other characters. Yeah, absolutely. Moves. Per attack, he really hurts you. And his biggest weakness in this game in particular is he has no um, fireball defense. Mm-hmm. So you He's all up close, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't get across the screen if somebody just threw Hadoukens at you. And you were kind of screwed. Uh, but they took care of that in later versions of the character, which is good. And then Dulcim, probably one of the most racist characters of all time. Being an emaciated Indian man. Who the stretchy also, arm guy! Yeah, a yoga yeah. instructor who can stretch with, his limbs. With the coolest level in the game. With the coolest level in the game, it had elephants in it and they would move. Yeah. Sweet bangly bracelets. Yeah, he had bangly bracelets, that's right. And he would throw fire yes. and teleport. Yes, and float. And float. Well, yeah. I think floating came later. That was his, but... that was his victory animation. Yeah. yeah. I don't think oh, was, yeah. okay. Yeah, because I have a very clear vision of him. Uh, 
sitting crisscross applesauce and then floating. Yes, although his um his his downward kick would be you jump and the character would sort of like glide slowly from the screen if I remember correctly, right? I feel like it was a slower yes. drop. Yeah, yeah, it was a slower That's drop, true. and he also had one for uh, punch where he would kind of like Superman it but rotate. Right, that's what I was thinking yeah. too. He's because he's horizontal. Fascinating from uh, from a character design standpoint because he had reach, you know, and, and for fighting him for balance wise, like that was actually challenging. Yeah, good luck jumping over that guy. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, pretty good anti air. Um, you know what? I just realized we haven't talked about, and it's a really unique thing to this game as well. Uh, it's kind of inside baseball, but crossover attacks. Uh, were invented in this game and I would think that that's also kind of an accident so a crossover is when you literally jump over somebody but when you do the move like a regular kick or punch the the hit box the hit area where you hit your opponent is actually on their shoulder and they can't block it properly cheater and so it creates an opportunity <laughs> for combo cheater yeah. it's not it's an ex- and they actually took that exploit and turned it into a real mechanic in, in later Cheating. games it's kind of fascinating. <laughs> Sounds oh, no. terrible. If it's if it's in the code, if it's in the code, it's not cheating, dog. Exactly. Dude, I have a hard enough time blocking as it is. I don't need an unblockable move. Come on now. It's not unblockable. Here's the thing: if you block in the opposite direction, it will work. It, you will block. Well, that's just confusing. <laughs> I don't know. My left. So this is, I'm with it's Jamie. I'm so bad at fighting games. Yeah. I would just never oh, grasp God. that at all. I Are you spatially disoriented, now. Brandon? Like, I have... It takes me a solid second to think which is right and left. Like, there's oh. a gap in my brain somewhere that it literally... I have to do the... Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that That's, right. I mean, I want to, like... If Caleb's done Destiny Raids with me, when I have to call out right and left call-outs, I'd say the wrong one half the time. 50% See? of the time yeah. is wrong. See, but I you're do. thinking the right direction. I know, I know what side to go to. I'll just be like, I yes! feel like I have to say it quick, and then I'll just, like, blurt out the wrong one. And immediately, like, nope, that's wrong. That's left. That's not right. Yeah, I'm terrible at that. I was saying support and starboard, man. We're, we're handicapped. <laughs> Dude, we're yeah, terrible at these helped. games. That's not our fault. Lot. It's not our fault. <laughs> we're handicapped. And I just, <laughs> cool. I feel like, like, my first introduction to fighting games, I got my ass kicked a lot by people who were better at them, and I just never wanted to try to get better. I just never, I don't mm-hmm. know, I just didn't ever have fun with them. So, yeah. The one thing I appreciate about these games in particular, and they and they do set the standard, is that the special moves are simple, you know. Uh, and and for most characters, they're similar, if not the same. Mm-hmm. So we've got Ken and Ryu both have the same sets. It's you know down, down forward, and forward with a punch is the Hadouken. Um, Hadouken. Backwards the same. So basically, a quarter circle backwards with kick is the whirlwind kick and the hurricane kick, and then. Uh, forward, down, and down forward with punches, the dragon punch. And those set the tone for pretty much every fighting game ever since. Some of them have tried to make it more complicated, I mean, and some are make it more simple. With Guile, we've got the flash kick, which, which is exactly the same as Chun Li's spinning, hurric- spinning crane kick, which is hold down for two seconds, push up, and, and a button. Or Blanca and E Honda, which is hold back for two seconds and then forward in a button. Mm-hmm. Those. Are the simplest. It is amazing to me that you have that kind of recall. Like, I couldn't have even done one of those combinations when I was nine or whatever playing this game. (laughs) And you remember all of them and the specific character and what it does or did. Or I literally spent untold hours playing this game when it came out on the Super Nintendo. By the way, that happened in on June 10th of 1992. 
um, in Japan. And we were the followed... coolest kids on the block for owning it. Tell you that right. Yeah. So in the U.S., it was a little bit longer. It was August uh, in the U.S. But um, and then Europe in December. So it was kind of staggered. Uh, first game released on a uh, 16 megabit cartridge for the Super Nintendo. I guess they were all on um, less than that. Actually, it's kind of weird. Uh, and they changed some, a lot of aspects of the game, but they're kind of minor. I had a list of them, but they're really, really not necessary. There was a secret code that allowed players to uh, both control the same character, which wasn't a possible in the arcade game. But you get a like alternate color palette for that character, mm-hmm. which started to introduce a thing. Which I always thought was, when it first happened, I was like, oh man, I can play as like the, the blue version of of Bright Ryu. Like, that's what I want to do. You know, I want right. to. And you could, but you couldn't spe- pick that character without the other person picking him as well. And then you have to fight over who got to be blue Ryu. Right. Um, and, but this started an inter- interesting thing where people like caught on to that, and then the, it, the color palettes became a, a thing where you could pick different colors depending on which. Uh, attack you selected the character with so different mm-hmm. color for light punch and light kick or light medium and, and light and so on and so forth Jamie's which I will say so bored about <laughs> but which I will say will led to led to a I feel like I can see the the through line from that um immediately leading into okay well now we have built in uh, palette swaps you can pick and then now let's make them as costumes and now let's make mm-hmm. cosmetic changes in video games which is where now I got my girlfriend at the time to play World of Warcraft because you could play dress up with that you know what I mean and now let's like, charge for <laughs> DLC that yeah, is and then, so sexist <laughs> dude no but that's that's what got her into it so like, yeah. like yeah, that would kind of get me into that too yeah, at some point that's <laughs> no, just true you know that. I mean? but I really like that Chun-Li's dress change like if you play Chun-Li against Chun-Li then you get the red dress the, mm-hmm. and then the blue dress yeah so that was it worked out. Can, huh? can we also agree that like all of the palette swaps were just better than the original designs? Oh yeah, definitely. Like, <laughs> they, they just looked cooler to me. I, I, well, I think that's part of it. Like it's different. Yeah, right. It's you know, just a right. different. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, anything after you've the, seen uh, it for how many years or whatever. I don't know how long. Because what this was in the arcade for whatever um, for a couple years, right? Before uh, it came to the... so it was 1991. It was no, it was ported really quickly. Like because okay. the as Super Nintendo version came out in 1992. But even if, yeah, you like, but you needed the code, right, from the Super Nintendo to be able to, there was, like, a special code you'd have to do to insert it, or to get that to In work. In the original Super Nintendo release, yes. Okay. Later versions, it was default. But I think you're right. Just yeah, the difference just like is what made it cool, though. It was just like, oh, that's different, so it's obviously cooler, you know? I don't, yeah. I don't think under necessarily better, but if you would have started with the second alternate color, the first one would have been more popular now. Yeah. Um, it took the intro sequence out from the arcade where two like generic guys are fighting it out. Um, I think that was just because it was deemed too violent. Um, upper and lower portions of the screen were covered by black bars in this version to because the, they had to shrink the sprites to fit them into the the TV format for this game. It's kind of weird. So they did that. I never noticed it until they pointed it out. Ironically enough, yeah, that's a it, weird thing because you say that and I'm like, I don't, I don't remember there being letterboxing, but okay. But like. apparently there was. Uh, and then they added versus mode, which oh, in the arcade yeah. didn't exist. In the arcade, to exist versus mode, you literally put two quarters in uh, and then push start for the second player, and then that would instigate versus mode. But this actually had a dedicated versus mode where you could fight your friends and then in between matches pick different characters. So that introduced this feature, which, again, didn't exist prior to 1992. And it would tally a record, too, right? Oh, really? 
Um, I don't. Yeah, I think so. You know what? I do remember that screen now that you mentioned it. I feel like so. Can I tell you guys? Can I tell you guys how I got uh, Street Fighter for the Super Nintendo? Because this is a dumb story. This is one of my one of my best dumb stories. (laughs) Go sure. So, um, my mother, my my biological mother, desperately wanted a girl, and I was the firstborn (laughs) in my family. Um, so. I was obviously not not a, not a girl, and what she would do, however, is for the first like I don't know three years or so of my life, uh, she would put me in beauty pageants, right? Mm-hmm. And for the first like eighteen to twenty months or so, uh, she would put me in as a girl, like she would put me in a little oh dress and she would dress, yeah, and put me in these beauty pageants. Nice. Thing is, I won them, right? <laughs> and then uh, when I got yeah. then when I got older, like and I was very obviously a little boy. Uh, she put me in as a boy, and I won those. And I used to have this, like, I remember my bedroom up until I was, like, five, I had these just trophies. Like, so I have a picture somewhere. I'll, have to, I'll put it up on, like, Facebook or something for you guys. Uh, yeah, I had, like, a room of trophies of me uh, from winning beauty pageants. Now, the reason that's important is because at one point, I won a beauty pageant that was sponsored by Walmart or maybe even took place in a Walmart. I live in Appalachia, you guys, so just, like, <laughs> it is what it is. But uh, I won this beauty pageant, and my prize was a go-kart. Um, and we did not live in an area in which I could use a go-kart, and I was also a little bit too young. So it was a Richard Petty-themed NASCAR go-kart. I of sold to a Richard was. Petty collector. That left turn, my, uh, left turn, left turn. Yeah. So my dad sold it to a um, a friend of his who was a collector of Richard Petty uh, merchandise. I got like four or five hundred bucks for it, and I bought a ah. Super Nintendo. I bought like Mario Paint, Street Fighter Two. I bought... Uh, uh, Super Mario World and a bunch of other shit like all at one time I, w- I remember walking into Toys R Us with hundreds of dollars and just being like I'm all of this is mine I love that Alex <laughs> doesn't remember telling the same story on the Super Mario World episode did I? I did. It yeah, dawned on did. me as you oh, said what shit. games you picked out I was like wait yeah I have heard this before <laughs> shit well what's up recurring listeners uh, <laughs> welcome back to this story what's up people who tuned in just for Street Fighter 2 this is a dumb thing I did <laughs> Sorry, dude. That's a good story. Sorry. Still, no, it's hilarious, dude. I just I love the Richard Petty go kart scene. Like, that's, that's fantastic. That's so good, man. Yeah. <laughs> Turn that into fuck yeah. Flip it into a Super Nintendo and a couple damn good games. Yeah, right. I'm pretty it's sure fun. I got this game for Christmas in 1992. I don't remember when we got it, but I remember us having it and people coming to our house to play it. Like kids that normally didn't come over came over to play it. Oh, yeah. It was a big deal. This game was hot in the arcades. Yeah. Like, ridiculously. I, I even feel <laughs> yeah. like at one point like there was just a random kid on the bus. And this is how crazy the 90s were for those kids that are listening now and those over overprotective parents. Some random kid <laughs> overheard me and my friend talking about going home to play Street Fighter. He just got off at our bus stop, went into our house with us, and played Street Fighter with us. Ah, uh, latchkey kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like... He could go home at 3.45 and it was still cool. Yeah. Dad wasn't coming home till 5. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, anyway, yeah. But I remember definitely just having, like, having in our room and people just coming over to play it. I definitely... This game is probably still in some arcades. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's probably oh, yeah. the, the Turbo Edition or Championship Edition, but mm-hmm. still. Yeah, it's all there. the updates. It's a classic. I see it all the time in arcades. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Uh, so speaking of which, it, the pressure to get more of these games out just became worse and worse for Capcom. So, oh my God, your game is so awesome! When you have another one, yeah, exactly. And, and the way the arcades worked is their competitors were seeing these games and then like rushing to create, you know, new versions that would hopefully overtake them. So they would release different versions. So the first was Street Fighter Two Championship Edition, which like we talked about, is probably still in some arcades. Um, 
And that was released in arcade cabinets in 1992, which allowed players to control... It's exactly the same game. It just allowed you to control Sagat and Balrog and Vega and M. Bison, which was attractive because as kids, yeah. I remember all I wanted to do was play as those bosses. Yeah, you had to unlock them because we got to play as Vega. Or maybe it was only like in the training rounds and stuff. Could you play as them after you beat them? You could play them in what would become Turbo Hyper Fighting. Actually, well, no, you could play them in Championship Edition as well. That also was ported to Super I don't Nintendo. know. I feel like... There are three carts for this game minimum for Super Nintendo and like like yeah. three or four arcade cabinet versions. Wow. So it's it's really confusing. It's a collector's um, nightmare. I'm not going to lie to you. It really <laughs> sucks. Yeah. Um, so following the release of Championship Edition, um, <clears throat> there was a whole bunch of bootleg ROM problems where people were actually like taking the game and, and bootlegging it and changing it. So in order to do that, they came out with or to, to kind of combat that, they came out with they were Street Fighter. Street Fighter. Yes, this game was extremely popular. It, it, it's kind of mind-boggling. Could that they make Chun Li's dress red all the time? I'm sure they could. <gasps> Super cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they came out with Street Fighter Two Turbo Hyper Fighting um, during uh, during the same year. So, like within a year, two years, you've got three versions of this game in arcades, depending on. What the guy wanted to buy, and That's I'll tell really you right. Confusing. I'll tell you right now, a lot of arcades would have had all three of those machines lined up side by side. Probably. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember, a lot of the arcades I went to as a kid had multiple Street Fighter Two versions right. that you could mess around with. I didn't particularly like Turbo because um, it sped up the characters' movements, and there were a couple they of were new turbo. moves. They were like you could throw um, the the Sagat fireball when he said tiger, 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 like over and over again to the point of just super frustration. Yeah, it got really cheap. It could, it definitely could be. However, if you could play, like if you were relatively skilled and you had, and you were up against an equal opponent, that was some shit to behold. That was a fun thing to spectate. Yeah. And actually, now that I think about it, it really kind of set the table for things like Marvel versus Capcom two, where like, right. Just insanity (laughs) is happening on the screen. Oh my and god. Jamie's looking at me like she has no idea what she's talking about. I used to no, play that no. game all the time. Oh, oh, is that the one you always had? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. They all look the same to me. The, the, when I see a fighting game, all I see is Street Fighter. Like That would have been that would have been the game you saw when Ryu was killing Spider-Man. No. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember we used to play that. Yeah. Yeah, no that yeah. did not go well for me. Never. Ever. Never. No. Uh, so Street Fighter 2, the new Challengers, was released in 1993. So we're talking, within three years, we've got four different versions of this game. Um, this one, there's a change to the hardware. Don't really need to go into that. Updated graphics and audio. So it looks a lot better. It definitely um, does. Like, noticeably so, especially if you go back now and compare the two. Uh, and then you get four new characters. So those characters are T-Hawk, who was a... Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was a wrestler type, but he didn't really adhere to that moveset. Um, he was also a Mexican Indian, which is... He's like the most racist character in this Outside game. Why do you hate Dulcine. Mexicans so Outside much? Outside of Dulcine. Huh? Why do you hate Mexicans so much? No, no, no. It's just he's, his, his <laughs> outfit <laughs> is like ridiculously stereotypical. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's super, super. Is he? He is. He is on no, par I with would. Nighthawk from fucking Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah is that was that his name? Mo- Nighthawk. Um, ugh. yeah, it sounds. That was Wolf something. Nightwolf. I don't remember. Nightwolf. Well, maybe. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds right. We'll yeah, he came. He came after my. He came after my major MK heyday. So, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was, like, in the MK4, I believe. MK Mortal Kombat? Yes, Mortal Kombat 4. Sorry. Just checking. Uh, and they For the ca- listeners at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cammy, a 19-year-old. 19? So she's legal. She's legal. Barely. Uh, female sports- <laughs> special forces agent uh, from England with a mysterious past tied to M. Bison. Yeah, her mysterious past being that they uh, recruited her when she was, like, 13. Like, how are you a skilled... <laughs> Anything hey, a lot by the age of nineteen? Year. Okay. Do you know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Do you know anything about Olympic gymnasts? Yeah, right. <laughs> Brandon's just defending his choice in women. That's how it's Wait, what? <laughs> how does that even kind of compare? Yeah, you could be as professional at something when you're thirteen. You could be very good That's at true. stuff. You can. Yeah. Do you like what kind of stuff, Brandon? Banging bison. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fei Long, who was a Hong Kong movie star, and is just a blatant ripoff of Bruce Lee, which I am oh, totally yeah. okay with. That's yep, fine. that's fine. He's my favorite you, character. You have movie. to have a Bruce Lee in every fight. Yeah, like, and Liu yeah. Kang isn't. Oh yeah, yeah no, totally. Exactly. He's definitely a ripoff. Yeah, uh, and then finally DJ, who was uh, the Capcom <laughs> US, uh, was given the the opportunity to create a character for this game as a special, like you know here. Uh, opportunity, and so they picked a character and based him off of Billy Blanks from if you're familiar with Tybo. Oh shit, that is yeah. who that is. Oh, the Tybo guy. Yeah, Tybo yep. guy is DJ. He doesn't have a name. Tybo is he popular. When Why this would came you out? give him a name? Nobody knows. His no, name. he created Tybo later, but at the time he was a highly su- successful uh, Taekwondo kickboxer. How funny! Yeah, yeah. Um, but other than that, the game's the same. I mean, they have different move sets and stuff, but there's. You know, it's not really anything to write home about. It's a good game. I actually kind of my preferred version other than Street Fighter 2, the original World Warrior. World, yeah. Um, World Champions. But, uh... Hyper is your favorite? No, New Challengers would oh. be my... Like, oh. it's a slow, It's a very, very close tie to Street Fighter 2. Got it. The original. I just remembered that we have to talk about... JCVD? Yeah, well, we'll get yeah. there. So that's a, we'll go right into that because I want to talk about other media and merch. I remember these specifically, the fact that G.I. Joe got the license. Hasbro yeah. got the license and used the G.I. Joe figure like production line to create Street Fighter characters. I had no. every one of these. Really? I had every single one of them. I know I had Ryu and I know I had Blanca, but I don't remember the rest. We had Guile. Yeah, they also they also um that you know, uh, Hasbro or whatever also made um the if they didn't make them, it was very much a G.I. Joe 3.75 scale ripoff. Uh, made all the Mortal Kombat figures, which I had all of as well. My room was literally Ninja Turtles, Mortal Kombat, and Street Fighter for like eight straight years. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Um, there was an unofficial South Korean animation titled Street Fighter, um, produced by Daiwan Animation 1992, features the cast of Street Fighter 2. Um, the Hong Kong movie Future Cops also featured a renamed cast of Street Fighter characters, which is I weird. have never seen that one. Yeah, neither have I. Collector alert, collector alert. Yeah, he's yeah. going to watch it tonight. I'm going to buy it right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> eBay.com. Yeah. Oh my uh, god, don't look at the movie poster. This is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> there were two different film adaptations in 1994. <sighs> Street Fighter Two, the animated movie, which I have yet to see, but I hear is like the quintessential... Street Fighter movie. I feel like I may have seen at least pieces of that. Probably did, knowing your younger brother yeah, <laughs> in particular. Yeah. Uh, and then 
Oh my god, Street Fighter, the movie. Um, I remember the ads for that. Yeah. I wanted to throw tomatoes at the ads for that. I, I'm, I'm like, going to wow, hold so all of our comments on this for Until a future episode. It needs its own episode. Mm. It needs to be watched and ridiculed and yeah. dissected. So I let's... used I used my one good chance when I was like <laughs> five years old. We lived on a, I was living with my aunt. I was on an Air Force base. And she was like, hey, listen. I'll take you to see any movie you want. She was like, I can't do this all the time. I'm taking you to see any movie you want. And I want to see fucking Street Fighter. And Poor I, bastard. as a kid, was pissed. Ah. Like, yeah. I was so mad. Yeah, I, I don't even want to go down that road. Because, yeah, like I said, fine. it's it's a topic unto itself. All right, so that's a vodka night. We're skipping the wine. We're Although Kylie Minogue was in that movie, which I actually have not seen it since I was a kid. Didn't realize that oh she God. was Cammy. I can't. Neither did I, and we and we need to watch it for those specific reasons. We need to take Kylie copious Minogue. amounts of notes. Kylie Minogue is so by Cam. copious amounts of notes, you mean you, you will mean... be rewinding the cami scenes over and over and over again, oh. and also slamming just all them beers. I'm down a I'm down a cami <laughs> cosplay. Um, Google search. I right got now, people. I got people. I'll hook. I'll hook you up, dude. No, I'm it. I'm in. Here's it. an idea. They're, all, they're in front of Here's an right idea. We, we watch this it. together, right? I'll watch. Me and Brandon should watch this previously because we haven't seen it in a long time. But what I want to do is we'll do a night. For, we'll get Alex sufficiently lubricated, mm-hmm. and yeah, me and Brandon, who have watched it a couple times beforehand, taken notes about trivia. We'll watch it with live with Alex and record it so that. Uh, don't distract me with pictures of naked Cammy. <laughs> She's not naked. Her ass uh, is naked, but the rest of her is and, and we're going to record it for posterity, and then that will be the Street Fighter movie episode. We'll do like a totally <laughs> different format for oh, that. okay. Because I yeah. think it deserves it. Oh, my God. Let's honestly. do that. We can set up. So what we'll do is this is behind the inside baseball stuff, but really quick. We can set up on like a VLC player or something. You guys can just dial right into my connection, or I can dial into yours or whatever, and we can all watch it simultaneously, simulcast that shit. Oh shit! Let's go! I'm oh down. my god! I'm so yep. down. Yes, yes. Cool. Yep. Um, that's that's the plan. And so then there's also a Street Fighter cartoon in the U.S. which I had never heard of. Um, I yep. I watched it. Okay. Uh, it followed a com- combined <laughs> Van Damme movie and game series plot where they kind of like merge the two and try to make mm-hmm. them work together. And then there was an unrelated anime titled Street Fighter Two V, which I again. I've seen it like a hundred times advertised or like on Netflix and just never bothered to watch it because I don't know the movie soured me so much on any kind of alternative media to this gaming franchise that I am turned off. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, just nothing. Nothing um, will do. I'll... There's this, also a really bad movie called The Legend of Chung Li. Oh, that who came plays out like in that five movie? years ago. I experienced I that movie. Know. I experienced that movie in the midst of a horrible Very mushroom trip. Somebody, <laughs> somebody I know plays Chun Li in that movie. Like that is that I like a lot. It wasn't. Anyway. It wasn't. Um... Kristen Keurig. Oh. She played Lana Lang on Smallville. Right. Oh, I, like I remember her. when this came out because she was still on oh, Smallville. I, and she, I Smallville. And she was doing promo for her. It. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she is also um, just just. Barely has any Chinese blood in her. <laughs> I don't like, ever watch that movie and be like, yeah, okay. I don't okay, care, Kristen. I got chopsticks coming over, baby. It's much. Oh, oh my god, god that is bad. Uh, it's, it's just a, like it's so it's like it, they put her in there just because like then it's not like a hundred percent whitewash. It's just like you know ninety nine point five percent whitewash. Just 
Just a just a just a <laughs> Chinese. I mean, that's you know. So, in in closing, I want to ask you guys: What do you think of this game now, like Jamie? What's your memories of this game? Is it is it? Would you actually like smile if you played it again? Um, no, because I would be getting my ass kicked. Okay, let's just say you again. weren't playing me. So. <laughs> Jamie versus Brandon, how do you feel about that idea? Oh, I might win. <laughs> oh, let's do it. I'm like, I can set that up. I can make that happen for you. Oh my god, that's not going to go well. Um, no, I have great memories of that. I really, it's a very nostalgically fuzzy game for me. I used to sit for hours and watch my brothers play. Yeah, I really enjoyed the storyline of it and the characters. And yeah, no, I loved it. Alex, well, let's I'll wait for Alex. Let's go with Brandon because Alex, I'm sure, will have a diatribe, uh, which I, yeah. I I really want to hear. I mean, I I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot back in the day. Um, to this day, if I ever go to like a, a retro barcade, um, it's a, it's a game that a friend of mine, friend of me, will play against each other. I'm not good at it at all. I'll lose every time, but it's still fun to play and revisit. But yeah, but you got to throw out fifty cents in there, right? I mean, that's kind yeah, of yeah, like absolutely. Mandatory. I mean, it's Street Fighter. It's of course it's a great game. You know, I. I I have nothing bad to say about Street Fighter. Just I'm just not huge into fighting games. Yeah, Alex, tell me, tell tell everyone why they need to play this game, like right now. Look, man, if you were never a fan of fighting games, this is a great jumping on point for you. Uh, in whatever whatever version or however you have to get your hands on it, it's a solid entry because it, as we were saying before, created a lot of those core mechanics that exist nowadays in fighting that make it almost impenetrable to new players. Mm-hmm. So Street Fighter 2 is a really good way to jump on and try to experience this genre as we understand it today. Um, also, if you've never played Street Fighter, um, like at all, if you've never played Street Fighter 2 especially, I would encourage you um, to stop this podcast and delete us from your feed and just maybe just don't listen to any more episodes ever again because I it's think ridiculous. That's bad advice, no, don't do that. That's ridiculous. No, that's ridiculous. We're cutting all no, that. Alex is drunk, guys. <laughs> um, I'm so not. I'm gonna, <laughs> anyway. I'm gonna jump jump on your point, Alex, and say this is vanilla fighting game. Like if yes. you want to, yeah, absolutely experience fighting games and you and for the first time, play Street Fighter Two. If you like it, then graduate to another fighting series that like came Mortal out later, Kombat. like Mortal Kombat or like you know Street Fighter Three or Street Fighter Alpha. And that's the other point. Like I want to make is that the spinoffs from this point with this game are confusing as yeah. even more hell than the ones we talked about with Hyper and Turbo and all that stuff. Like it gets worse. And that actually really hurt the brand for a long time because I kind of gave up on on the game in the late '90s. It just I couldn't figure out which version I was playing on and which move sets would be the most accurate ones, and you know, it's just super confusing. But play this game if you like it, then kind of start branching out into other parts of the the genre. Yeah, I think I think a very good like progression if you're trying to get into fighting games or if you're curious about them at least would be play Street Fighter 2. If you enjoy that, maybe jump to um, Mortal Kombat and see what you think there because they're very different uh, types of fighting games and you can kind of glean like where you want to go from there. Would that be that you know do you want to go into Alpha? Do you want to go into Marvel versus Capcom? Um, or I would also say instead of Mortal Kombat, you could also try some of the SNK entries and see what you think there. Um, but fighting games, I feel like, are a neglected genre. They're super popular in esports, um, and they were very popular in the 90s. But after, like, approximately the year 2000, they sort of fell off the map, in a way. 
uh, they never they've never been like underground since then. But uh, things, especially in competitive gaming, have, been, have definitely taken over RTSs and then MOBAs and MMOs and things like that. Shooters, especially FPSs. So, uh, but fighting games near and dear to my heart, man. I if you really want a modern them. like. What I would consider a modern classic at this point would probably be Killer Instinct. Um, like that's where the it's kind of gone to. But then again, if you want like a two D experience, like a true two D, like Guilty Gear. Oh yeah, man, dude. get that Guilty Gear going. Oh. oh, can we really quick? Yeah, can we plug Salty Bet? Sure. <laughs> That's, okay, that's a fun little thing because Jamie likes to watch fighting games, but she doesn't, she doesn't like to play them. I'll have to show her this after the podcast so she gets an idea. But yeah, please explain to. Okay, the I'm gonna I'm gonna be very quick with this because we do have to move on. But I I, I want to plug a thing called Salty Bet. It is a um it is a website slash Twitch channel, I guess. Uh, Salty Bet spelled exactly how you think, all one word. Um, now when you check this out, what you're watching is two NPC, uh, two computer controlled characters fighting against each other. They run in a uh, game engine called Mugen, right? M-U-G-E-N, which is like a um, independently developed fighting game engine where you can add in your own characters or sprites. And so what people do is rip the sprites from other fighting games and the movesets, shove them into Mugen. Now Ryu's in the game. Now Ken's in the game. Now Geese is in the game. Now uh, Scorpion is in the game. or, what, or And then there's also weird stuff. They put anime characters in there. They put DBZ characters in there. They put um, some characters like Godzilla is a thing. It's anything anyone has ever created. It's nuts. Anyway, Salty Bet is a uh, a stream where you can not only watch these NPCs fight each other, right? Which is fun because if you like if you like watching fighting games, which is a weird thing, but I understand it. I like it. It's a great thing to watch. Um, secondly, there's also this other there's a, there's this other id where you can use text commands as a chat that goes on. So everyone watching is talking and, and hanging out. So it's a social thing. There's text commands, um, or on the Salty Bet website, there's a GUI for it. And you can earn money based on bets you make on the fights as to who will win and how much you want to bet. You can make more money if you you know, you know type in how much you want to bet, you click it, and whatever. If your person wins, you get the payout for that. And it's the odds are real-time based on who bet for who. Oh, it's incredible. It is it's one fake, of my favorite It's fake things. money. It's not real money. Yes, oh, it's fake money. Yes, I'm sorry. I should have explained that. It's absolutely fake money. I'm currently money, watching Homer and Marge awesome. versus Bart and Lisa using the sprites from the Simpsons arcade game. That is amazing. Yep. That is so And that awesome. is actually one of the most coherent matches you could ever have because at least it's all Simpson shit. Uh-huh. But a lot of times you'll see weird stuff. It'll be like some little girl from like a random obscure Japanese anime uh, versus like I, like Leonidas from 300. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, How funny. It's the weirdest shit. I love it so much. That's hilarious. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a special time, but it's fun. It's cool. I, I do recommend it. If you have never checked it out, check I it out. I considered setting up a tablet in my house that just, as I did with Fish Center, that literally just constantly streams Salty Bet, and that's all it does. It's just locked down and just Salty Bet on the wall. You know? I would lose countless hours to that. To yeah. what? Over time. This? Yes. Because I just walk by and start watching it, and then... Oh, see, yeah. I don't think I would sit and watch Well, this, this. is... A, yeah, we're watching a bad match of it, personally. Well, no, but in general. Like, I like the, the arc and the storyline. Oh. Like, I, mm. I want to watch... Jamie likes the full package. I do. I like a whole <laughs> package. Um, I like the full... Can we make this go away? I've got music in my ears, and it's driving me nuts. All right. Um, sorry. So, the... Uh, yeah, no, I like a, a full storyline and the, like the single player just beat all the bad guys and you know whatever. 
I got you. I like. Yeah, we feel you. We, I appreciate that too. This is <laughs> that's my that salty bet's mindless. Anyway, yeah, we spent a lot of time on that. Um, yeah. Sorry if we you got a little bored, but check it out. Uh, and with that, I think we're done. Unless anybody has anything else that they feel like they need to say about Street Fighter Two. Hello again. And that's it. We'll see you guys in a few minutes, and we're gonna do Six Degrees of Ryan Gosling. Hey guys, welcome back to Geek Swatch. Uh, at this point, we are going to say goodbye to Jamie. She had to go to bed. I know. Aww. Hi, lame. Jamie. And she's old. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's the wraps. That's what happens when you, you have responsibilities, kids. You gotta gotta do the right thing. So she won't be participating in this week's uh, well. We're not doing crypto geekology since Colin's still out. We're doing six degrees of Ryan Gosling. And uh, this week, instead of a million points, I'm going to give out cabbages. Ooh. So everyone, every right answer gets a Hell cabbage. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Shaped like baby dolls. Cabbages. Yeah. Cabbage. Those yeah. could be worth some and money nowadays. I'm in. Really? You think? Wow. Man. You think cabbage Maybe. patch dolls are worth some money now? Mm-mm. It's possible. No, they're not. Unless they're, unless they're absolute, 100% absolutely mint in package. I doubt it. And even then, I bet toy right. collecting. Do people think toy collecting is like some big deal? That's not how it goes, man. You look. You're not looking. You're bills, looking huh? at the best case scenario of like not not the one in a million. The best case scenario of something you might find, maybe 150 percent profit, maybe. Yeah, not paying the bills. I'll ne- skip. Never, never. You know what? I'm gonna switch it up. So instead of getting <laughs> cabbages, um, I'm gonna go with the theme for the for the episode. And I'm gonna give out Sonic mm-hmm. booms. Ooh. Okay. Take that right answer. So, all right. Let's start this out. So the the point is to go from Street Fighter to uh, Ryan Gosling. Okay. Somehow, Uh, I'm going with the movie. I I know that we didn't talk about the movie this episode, but we, I got nothing else. There's no voice actors to really, you know, (laughs) go with or anything. So we're kind of (laughs) screwed. So we're starting with Raul Julia from the Street Fighter movie. Got it. Who played? Um, What character? He played M. Bison. He was Bison. Right, okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. You guys got to remember, I was yep. literally four uh, and a half when, when this movie came out. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't. Have you seen yeah, it before? when I was like four and a half. <laughs> oh, okay. I cannot wait for you to see it again. It is I'm so horrible. Excited. Um, yeah. So he was, uh, who was the actor who played Guile in the film? JCVD. Mm, you motherfucker. Right? Am I wrong? <laughs> you are correct. Okay. Jean-Claude Van Damme for all the for all the listeners. Hey, ev- hey everyone, this is an audio podcast. So when I raise my hand on camera, it doesn't mean shit. <laughs> yeah, you just got to say work. something, man. You can't you can't just sit back. <laughs> yeah. So uh JCVD did a guest spot on this show uh from the 90s and early 2000s about 6 30 something year olds who live in Friends. Manhattan. He raised your hand again, Alex. That does Alex, who raised your hand? What are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm actually I'm secret I'm secretly 13 years old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Matthew Perry starred in Friends. By the way, so uh, that means Brandon has two Sonic yep. booms. Sonic boom. And I'll, I'll throw Alex uh, Hadouken. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. I'm cool fun. with that. I'm cool with that. Uh, so Matthew Perry starred in Friends and in the whole Nine Yards, mm-hmm. which is one, which is, I think is a great movie. Uh, with this actor who played Jimmy the Tulip Tudeski. Bruce Willis. Where are you at, Alex? 
Are you here tonight? Dude, I'm here, I but I've, I don't okay. even know what you're talking about. What the f- the whole no, nine yards. Will, in the whole nine yards, you haven't seen I've, that. I've never even heard those it, words put together. Uh, it's a goofy, fun dude, movie. Is it a football worth movie? a watch? Hundred yeah. percent worth a watch. No, there. He's Bruce Willis is a, is like a retired hitman. What? And moves yeah. moves in next door. Are we to talking Matthew like Perry? the Jackal and, retired? Is that just a yeah. thing he does? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce Willis. Yeah, for the mob. God, it's good. And he moves to Canada. Um, and Matthew Perry is his neighbor, neighbor who's a dentist, and he knows who he is. Uh, it's it's a good. Does I Matthew like Perry snitch? It's fun. He tries to at one point. <laughs> it's right, pretty funny. Right. He thinks he's going to, and he doesn't. It's good. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, so Bruce Willis was in this time traveling film with Brad Pitt. Thirteen Monkeys. Mm. Oh, dang it! You're really candles? close. Oh. You're minus a monkey. Twelve there. monkeys. Twelve monkeys. Give it to him. Yeah, though. I give it. I'm gonna give it. That's fine. Him, That's fine. So. I gotta stop these sonic boom combos on you and let you recover. (laughs) Yeah, no flash kicks on the wake up. Uh, So Brad Pitt and Jessica Chastain, because Brad Pitt was in Twelve Monkeys, uh, starred in 2011. This 2011 American experimental epic drama film, written and directed by Terrence Malick, (laughs) entitled "The Tree of Life." That was too many words, man. What? Okay, so it's a 2011 film, ex- American experimental epic drama, okay. written and directed by Terrence Malick, entitled The Tree of Life, which also starred... Jeez, well, you said Jessica Chastain, but that's not who you're looking for? I know, but there's another... I'm trying to give you both. This is a very, like, niche yeah. film. Sounds like I, I don't even know what I'm, I don't even know what I'm looking for. Tree of Life? I don't even know... Yeah. Yeah, The Tree of Life. And there was a third star, really big name. There was a Dragon Ball Z movie called The Tree Uh, of Might, which is, like, so close. I'm going (laughs) to... Same guy who was I'm just thinking Lion King. Like, you say Tree of Life, I just think Lion King. No, no, no. Good Lord, no. Uh, (laughs) Same guy who was in Mystic River. Ooh. um, 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 The The main star of Mystic... No, no, Uh, you're getting closer, though. Or Sean... What's his name? Sean. Sean White. Oh, famed man. snowboarder. The guy who plays... oh. You have the first half I of that, know. right? I can't, I just I remember can't this very famous name. actor's Sean name. Sean Hannity. He's... No, he's the guy who does all like the outreach programs and stuff. And like, for, like good night. It doesn't, I'm, I'm none, none of that means anything to me. right now. Um, I'm gonna Sean s- Penn. Good night. Why'd that take so long? Sean okay. Penn. That's yeah, nice. Good job. Great job. All I'm right. here to root you on, It took on, some Brandon. digging. That's it took some digging. For. I needed Mystic River, be... not not Tree of Life, though. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, that, this is, they, you know, oh, Brad Tim Pitt Robbins wasn't in was actual... that, so. Who was I going for? You were going for it Sean Penn. It was Sean Penn. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Sean Penn was with our boy Ryan Gosling in this 2013 film, which nobody saw, <laughs> uh, about 1949 Los Angeles gangsters and the Fuck. team of cops created to deal with Oh, them. my God. Oh. Oh, I can see screen caps in my head. I said one of the words in my description is actually a part of the title, and another word in my description is a synonym for the other part of the title. Ryan Gosling, bless me with your fucking wisdom. What is the name (laughs) of this shit? Give the the clue one more time. Sean Penn with our boy Ryan Gosling was in this 2013 film about 1949 Los Angeles gangsters... And the team of cops created to deal with them. Gangster Squad. There you Shit, go. Man. Brandon just ran ah! to the table. It's 
tonight, except for one. He, you know, Alex got yeah. twelve monkeys, which I would. Expect. I was a lot of clues. Though, I will never. I will two. never go down, like with with zero hits. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I will always. No flaws. That's a tough victory. one. I will. I will always. I didn't even remember. Remember. <laughs> I didn't even remember Gangster Squad until I was looking Shit, through his I can, IMDb, and then I remember seeing the previews. Yeah, for it. I, that, maybe I that's what I see it. because I can see like screen caps from that from that shit in my head yeah, in your yeah, mind yeah. yeah i just want to say everyone listening like caleb gosling's done like 12 movies so doing the six degrees is pretty ridiculous yeah it's rough it's, it's um uh, by the way how many how much <laughs> well, more of this do we have to fucking deal with when's colin coming back i think one like more two more, one, more. Oh, one or two God. yeah okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we miss you colin if you're listening, man, yeah. get back so we can play some real trivia stop making kids and come play video games with us dude Seriously. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, well, that's it for this week. I want to remind you that part, we're part of the Ninja Pancake Network. Uh, go check out all of the podcasts uh, like ours on Ninja Pancake. Most of them are video game related, but uh, we got My Morning Coffee, Loot Shoot Lane, um, uh, Collect What Remains, which is a Tom Clancy The Division podcast. Yeah. Uh, and they're adding more and more. I just was talking to Remy about that uh, yesterday. So. There's more podcasts coming. Sweet. I want to thank uh, Speaker Freaks for the Geek Squatch theme. Check out their music at speakerfreaks.com or wherever music is sold. Subscribe to Geek Squatch on iTunes. Uh, write us, give us a comment. You know, we'd love some feedback. Uh, visit our website, geekswatch.com. Not a lot going on there right now, but uh, I'd like to start uh, doing some blog posts and maybe we'll do some retrospectives. Man, we should amp that shit and, up. Uh, we should actually just make a list of people who we know listen to this show and put their name on the website. Like, why not? There you go. Shout outs. So, yeah. uh, you can me email us message in long form. I'll, I'll put you on the website. Yeah. You can email us in long form at podcast at geeksquash.com. DMs are open on Twitter. So just message me. I actually got a message from a guy who uh, wanted to create a podcast to call it Geek Squatch because his friend has the Twitter handle Geek Squatch and his, his buddy was going to be his co host. And he DM'd me because he's like, I looked at your our, at your podcast, and, I, and now I'm a fan. I'm like, that's awesome, nice. man! Like, totally, well, thanks, dude. Give me, give me, give me your Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah pass that over, <laughs> by the way, under the tape yeah, since you're not since you're not using it. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. Oh, we're on Twitter at Geek Squatch Pod, so we don't have at Geek Squatch. We're Geek Squatch Pod. And Alex, you got anything you want? Yeah, to Yeah, every time, man. Um, you definitely want to follow me on Twitter because I don't do anything worth mentioning whatsoever. Um, bad jokes and video game talk—that's all I got. Um, and literally, as soon as we finish here, I'm going to be streaming up some uh, some video games on Twitch.tv slash Grustamar. G R U S T A M A R. Hit me up. <laughs> cool. Uh, Brandon, what about you? Um, on Twitter, I'm Sesame Seed 83, and on Xbox Live, I'm Sesame Seed 01. Cool. That's it. Uh, Jamie is at Traffic Jamie on Twitter, and I am at Caleb MCC on Twitter. And you can check me out and her out if you want to give us a follow. I've got a couple followers in the last week, so maybe that's actually nice. happening. It's Hell funny. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so thanks everybody for coming and listening to us talk about Street Fighter, getting our Hadouken on. Hadouken! See you next week. Bye. Where we have, hopefully, a special guest. By Ooh, the way. cool. A little tease for you. All right. All right, see ya. Bye. Hadouken! Sonic Boom!